Heavenly Father, we bless and praise and magnify your name. I thank God for my pastors. I ask that you cover, protect, and keep them. I pray for the bereaved family, Sister Sylvia and her family. I pray for all of us in our respective places. Let the word be rich through you today, God. Help me move me, and God, speak to your people is my prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. I want you to see something in the word. And before I get to David, I, I, I am going to get to David. Uh, but I want you to see something about some women. Because we got some good women here in our church. Don't let me fall, God, please. Now it came to pass, Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he, Jesus, entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him unto her house. Is Jesus welcome in your house? And she had a sister called Mary, which sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Can't just hear the word on Sunday. You got to be a Bible study too, amen? I just threw that in there parenthetically. Uh, but Martha was cumbered. She was bothered. She was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister have left me and to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help. And Jesus answered and said unto her, I'm sorry. Jesus said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen the good part that shall not be taken away. Mary has chosen the good part to sit at his feet. You got to be in earshot to hear what God has to say. Uh-huh. She sat down. She sat down. And Martha worked, but Mary sat down. Today, I want to talk to you about hosting the Holy Spirit. Or you can say hosting the presence of God. Or in my street vernacular, I would say hey, hosting the Holy Ghost. <laughs> mm -hmm. Isaiah 10 and 27 says, it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. We need to be anointed to do the work that God has called us to do. Amen? Mm. The yoke represents anything that hinders, binds, or oppresses. It can also be sickness, mental, emotional, or physical. And I can raise my hand on all three. It can be disease. I got that too. It can be debt or it can be lack. The yoke represents anything that the enemy can put on you or steal your joy. And rob you of the abundant life that God That God has set for you the abundant life. Remember that. Remember the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Nothing but the anointing can break Satan's power. Nothing but the anointing can deliver the bound and oppressed. Ask me how I know. Nothing but the anointing can heal the sick and diseased. I know you could tell I had a stroke because of my limp. But I don't look like that. Amen. Mm, don't look like what I've been through, and you don't look like what you've been through. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Every
everybody from the pulpit to the door has some issues, some troubles, some trials, some situations that we have, but be but God. But God. But God. But God. There's only one place to get the anointing. And that is in from fellowship and our communion and with the Holy Ghost. The presence of God. You got to be in his presence. For in his presence is full of the joy and pleasures forevermore. You got to be in his presence to receive that. That means you got to be close to him. You got to walk like Enoch and walk with him. You got to be with him. Amen. Amen. I believe without the power of the Holy Ghost, the church, the church, and not RCMQ, but the church is going to become another casualty of war. It's a war going on. And you in a fight, whether you believe it or not, baby. Either we are going to be saturated with his power from on high, and we fight back. Aren't you getting tired of hit, being hit? Huh? Don't you want to hit back? You hit back by witnessing. You hit back by praying. Say it. You hit back by worshiping. Say it. You hit by back falling on your knees when you get in trouble. Say you it. gotta hit him back. Say it. You know your mama and daddy taught you then they come at you now. You got to fight. All right. If we are going to have the power of the Holy Spirit, we must learn how to host the Holy Ghost. We must learn how to sit at his feet. We must learn how to worship. We must learn how to pray like Brother Rico did and felt the presence of God and everybody see him and you see him chilled on the, on the, on the, on the drum. You seen him chilled. He wasn't chilled up here the other day. Oh, God took him out of his comfort zone and that's what he wants to do to our men. He wants to take us out of our comfort zone. So that others might be able to see what God is doing through us. Amen. Our aim and goal of our lives as Christians and not as men or women, but as Christians, you know, follow Christ like people should be twofold. Let me tell you to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. Hey, hey, aim for two things, baby. To know him, that means a relationship with him, and then to make him known outside the comfort zone of these walls. Mm -hmm. And that means you have to get uncomfortable at the Walmart, man, at the Taco Bell, wherever you go to eat. <laughs> you gotta get, have to get uncomfortable and speak to someone. You know, sometimes it's a, they don't they walk past you and speak, hello, how you doing? And let me tell you about my Jesus. Can I talk to you a bit? And so that's how I Man. That means that Jesus lives through us. Mm. He does the same things through us that he did when he was here in the flesh. Let me tell you. Let me show you. Jesus didn't make disciples so that they can go to heaven. Right? Huh? Huh? He didn't make disciples so they can go to heaven. He made disciples to multiply himself. See it? He wanted to multiply himself through some brothers he got from the hood. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. you, you don't think he went to the country club. He didn't go to Pharaoh's kingdom. He went to the hood and got some brothers that was already working. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about my brothers here today at the end of this, but I want you to see he went straight to the hood. He made disciples to multiply himself in the earth, to manifest himself through, to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, and raise the dead. We don't see all of that. 
But because we have to get closer to God, some days he do some minor miracles that blow our mind. Hmm. And your husband go to sleep at night. And he said, baby, what is that all on my head? You done anoint him with oil. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, because my wife is right here, so I ain't hiding. I say, Lord, and the woman I asked for, you gave me. And, but she acting up right now. I need some help. So I fall to my knees and ask him for a strategy to help me with my baby. And guess what he do? He helps me. Yes, sir. He soothes what's on the end. He works on me first. He works on me first because guess what, men? I set the atmosphere in my home. I set it. So if I'm setting the atmosphere and I'm getting bad things, I got to recheck myself and find out what I'm doing to try to make sure I'm right with God. Amen. And then, Everything will fall in place. Amen. Ask me how I know. Ask me how I know. Tell us. That was why, because of the Holy Spirit, that was why they needed and we need the Holy Ghost. Because it is the anointing of the Holy Ghost that gives us power over the enemy's kingdom. To destroy his works. To break his power. To set people free. Can I get an amen? Amen. Again, I fall back on Brother Rico. Because he experienced something. And that I want all of us, our church, to experience. I want people to walk through that door and be healed before the even word is even preached. I want people to walk through that door and hear the words of Zion that sing, that come down, and the presence, they feel the presence of God because of the anointing. It's not about you, not about me, but it's about God. If we could just move ourselves out of the way and serve God with gladness, serve him with truth, serve him, God. I, I done stood it long enough. Oh, man. Thank you. Yeah. It, ha. Okay. I feel God. The coolness of God. This is why we have to be like Mary and learn to how to host the presence of God. See, it's, it's not about how you pray. It's not about how you sing. But it's about time that you spend with him. Amen. Spend some time with him, talking to him. Have you ever had somebody come in your crib and they walk straight to the crib? They don't speak to you. And they walk to the refrigerator, get something to eat, sit down what? and watch TV. What? <laughs> but... But that's how we do God. He's been good to us all week. We don't thank him. We don't praise him. We don't magnify him. We don't come into his place with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And we don't stand there and say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you. I thank you for blessing me. I thank you for keeping me. My boys died, but I'm still here. I'm still here. Yes, sir. 
Everything going to tie in, baby. You might as well get ready. It's going to tie in everything. And I want to speak about three elements of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You got to be intentional. And you got to make some time to talk to God. You got to make something. You got to be intentional about that thing. I'm going to talk to him today at 2.15, whatever the time may be. And you got to be available. Uh, you should know you're supposed to be here at 8.30, but you don't get here until 10 minutes to 9. You know your son, you ain't right. I ain't speaking to nobody, I'm just saying. Be willing to witness to the winnable. We got to be willing to witness to the winnable. He said he died that all might receive him. He don't want any man to perish. Nobody. But if you don't, hell will enlarge itself to receive you. We don't want to go there. Yeah. The beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is he's a perfect gentleman. He will come where he is invited. The more comfortable the Holy Spirit is with us, the more power is manifested to us and through us. You got to yield unto him. Amen. How to create an environment of the Holy, of Holy Spirit's desires. Eliminate sin. Quiet in the house. Remember now, remember, remember. Sin will take you to a place where you don't want to go. Keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And cost you more than you wanted to pay. I know, I just told something right there, baby. That's, that's wood right there for the fire. Sin will take you to a place where you didn't want to go. For me, it was a place called a crack house that I spent all my money. It will keep you longer than you wanted to stay. I had money in each pocket. Um, but when I got finished with this pocket, I should have left. Um, by the next, half the end of the night, I was just about almost done. Naked, just about. And will cost you relationships, cost you your friends, cost you everything. And then he's sitting on the side laughing. Sin, sin will take you to a place, baby. Be quick to repent. That's why we have communion. You run to the communion table. And you, you confess your sins, start word and deed. But you run. You don't run from it. You run to it. Minimize the secular. This is where you're going to talk about Martha. Martha fortified, forfeited the holy for the secular by being busy. Mm. See, sometimes being busy is not the answer. Mm -hmm. huh? You think yeah. you're being busy doing something, but you ain't doing nothing for the Lord. You're doing Thank everything you. for you. Mm -hmm. I'm it. doing everything for me. Yep. When I preach, I'm always inclusive. I don't just preach at you. I'm talking to me too. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Crucify the compromise. You know that brother called you late at night? You think it'd be all right? You got to shut the door. He ain't willing to put a ring on it. Close the door. <laughs> Martha was too busy to acknowledge. Didn't Jesus turn water into wine? Didn't he feed people with fish? What he worried about being at your crib and trying to eat. 
you eat. I'm moving on. See, sometimes it's, it's being busy is excess. It's just extra. Amen? Amen. We need to be instead be about prayer and worship and studying God's word. You know, he lives in his word. Fasting, praising him. Then you want to get to a place called solitude. Matthew 6 and 6 says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Don't move too fast, baby. Don't move too fast. I'm talking to me right now. Don't move too fast. Be still and know that I am God. Enter into your closet and pray. It says, pray to your father. Pray to your father in secret. Don't nobody know you're doing it now. Uh, you ain't trying to get no accolades from nobody, but you pray in private to your and your father that sees. You know he knows all and sees all. Your father that sees it in secret will reward you openly. See, that's the whole thing about being still and praying. God wants to give something to us, not take something from us. If you want the Holy Spirit's presence in your lives, the most important ingredient is spiritual hunger. Jesus said, blessed are they which hunger and thirst at the righteousness, for they shall be filled. John 7, 37 and 38 says, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. And he said, go to your cousin." Ain't say go to nobody else. They said, come to him, come to him, come to him. Come as you are, but come to him. Come even if you got a drink on your mind, come to him. Come if you even got crack in your pocket, come to him. He said, come to me, and I'll quench that thirst. When I first got saved, I said, God, I want to preach a message. I want to get high. So God allowed me to witness to a young man. Matter of fact, he allowed me to witness to a group of men. Seventeen gave their lives to the Lord. I don't even know how I got home. At the Miami Rescue Mission, I'm, I'm preaching, I'm ministering to God's word. And 17 men had the spiritual food before they got their regular food and gave their lives unto Christ. I don't know how I got home because I was high in the Holy Ghost. You don't get it. I asked for it. I didn't know how he was going to give it to me, but he gave it to me. And so that's why I witnessed, because I'm a junkie. Now I'm a junkie for Christ. I witnessed because I want that euphoric feeling about somebody that's giving their lives unto him. That's how I know. If you're going to ask me, that's how I know, because he already did it for me. Before rivers of living water can flow out of us, I'm, I'm going to get to David. We first have to come to him and drink deeply in his presence. God grants his power to those he trusts, to those he has an intimate relationship with, to those who love his presence, P-R-E-N-C-E. -E. Amen. Not just his presence. P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. It's a difference, amen? It's just a few letters, but a lot of people just want the gifts. But they don't want to be with him. 
I want to be with him. The key to our sanity and our victory moving forward is learning how to abide in him. John 15 and 5 in the NLT version says, yes, I am the vine. He acknowledging it himself. He said, yeah, I'm him. I'm he who can do all things but fail. I'm him. You are the branches. You have an assignment. You are the branches. Those who remain in me. That's what he's saying. Come on, come on. Come to him. Remain in him. Come to him. Remain in him. Don't mind the distractions. Come to him. Remain in him. And I in them will produce much fruit. Uh, yes, Jesus is a fruit inspector. He's going to be saying, hey, man, who you talk to? He a fruit inspector. He's coming, whether you like it or not. He's going to say, hey, Gabriel, play the tape. Is that you? Yes, yes, yes sir, that's me. I said, didn't I tell you to talk to that person? Yes, Lord, you did. Well, why didn't you? He's, got to, he's trying to get you to a place in him. He's a fruit inspector. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You got to be in him. You got to be with him. You got to praise him. You got to magnify him. You got to glorify him. You got to worship him in spirit and in truth, Pastor. There's a reward. I've been trying to get here. There's a reward as fathers or heads of our home. And it can be found in 2 Samuel. And we get to it. 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel. David is now secure in his position as king of Israel. The nation had gathered themselves around him. Listen to the word now. And, and anointed him to be their king. While David was certainly grateful for the peace that existed in Israel in those days, he knew that Israel was still far away from the Lord. Sound like the United States, amen? amen. Mm -hmm. During the days of Saul, Israel had lost sight of the relationship with the Lord. David wanted to make that situation right. He wanted to bring his people back to God. To do this, David knew that he was going to lead the nation and going after God. This nation needs to go after God. Our passage opens with David leading a massive army to retrieve the Ark of the Covenant from the house of the man named Abinadab who held it for 20 years. You know, Abinadab and the Philistines held it, uh, but God caused so much confusion for the Philistines for 20 years. They said, get this thing out of here. It was here that people of God, the ark, promised, it was here that God promised to meet, the, meet his people. It was here that the blood of atonement was placed on the day of atonement. It was here that the kind of glory of God rested as the children of Israel journeyed through the wilderness. It's something about the ark, something about his presence. And the ark was a vital worship in Israel. It was symbolic to God's presence among his people. And we don't have to have the ark today. Because he dwells with us. When you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead, he comes inside, baby. 
it was often carried into battle. I'm going to show my brothers their assignments already of soldiers. It was central to their lives, their worship, and their relationship with God. It was vital. It was vital. The presence of God is vital for us as daddies who lead. Uh, uh, no, no, honey, I want you to mess with that boy. That not me. And because we can see something that you can't see. And, but the ark had not been kept in the central position that it deserved. As a result, neither had God. You see, way back in the days of Eli, some 100 years earlier, the ark had been taken from the Philistines. I got to close. I got to hurry up. So after 100 years, David is about to take 30,000 men from Israel and lead them. Listen, he's going to lead them by example. That's what leaders do. We lead by example, amen? He's going to lead by example. David's desire was clear and simple. He wanted the ark to return to the place as the centerpiece of worship he, he, and the devotion of Israel. Now they're crying, they're crying, they're crying. Uh, pray for the school, pray for the school. But you wasn't saying that when you said take prayer out of school. <laughs> they know where it should be, but they're too hard-headed, and they will cut their nose off to spite their face and to put prayer back where it belongs. The presence, the presence of God is needed. As Brother Allen has so eloquently said earlier. David desired God's presence, blessing, and God's guidance. We need hearts like David. We need hearts to beat after God as men. His power and his presence. We need to learn the lesson that we can do nothing without God. We need his presence and his power. If we are going to serve him, it's the purpose, baby. It's the presence and the power to serve. It says, after that, the Holy Ghost shall come on you and you shall be witnesses. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses. The power was for witnessing. Like David in Israel. It's high time the church rise up. Isn't it amazing that in certain parts of the country, there's little housing pockets that is serving the God and spirit and the truth. He gonna raise us up. He gonna raise us up into the forefront and people ain't gonna understand where they come from. We've been serving the whole time. You just ain't noticed. Seeking God's face is knowing God. Knowing who he is, to talk with him, and to have a relationship with him, and David's desire. David, David's motives to bring back the ark to Jerusalem were proper, but his methods were faulty. Listen, men, listen. Instead of being successful, David's methods for transporting the ark resulted in the death of a man. We can't let what we do cause another man to fall, to struggle, to die. We can't do that as men in the house of God. Amen? Amen. We can't do it the world's way. So the Ark of the Covenant was put on a cart. And that wasn't how it was supposed to be done. So David followed in the wrong way. He, 
Listen, he, he know. He know the word of God. The ark was then lifted and carried upon the shoulders of a family of Levites. Here we go. Known as Kohats. David made good plans and good preparations, but he neglected to do it God's way. As a result, he paid the price for his decision. Uh, choices have consequences. He chose to do it the wrong way. It's the same David now. That, that the people came, took his wives, children, and he said, Lord, shall I pursue? The Lord said, not only shall you pursue, but you shall overtake them. Go get them. We got to keep talking to God. Amen. For our families, we got to keep talking to God. We got to keep praying, keep talking, keep on our knees, keep ourselves together in our house. Set the atmosphere in your home. David's problem was that his method and it's the same method used by the world. That's what Martha did. She didn't take the time to sit with God. He had it right in the fridge. God's blessings come only through obedience. And those who defy his word and his will are going to pay terribly high prices. The word of God wants us to be humble and obedient. Micah 6 and 8 said, he, showed, he has shown thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly. To love mercy and to walk humbly before God. Falling, failing to seek God's will was dangerous. But we have to remember Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. David stopped praising because he lost the man and started pouting. He stopped praising and started pouting. We should not be surprised when God refuses to bless us when we leave the reservation. When we seek God to do his business our way, he will not bless us. If you want his blessings, then do his will his way with his word as your God. 2 Samuel 6, 11 and 12, the ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom. I'm trying to get you somewhere. The reward, God. The reward of serving God. The reward of praying. The reward of worshiping. The reward of praising. Then King David was told, the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's house. And everything he has because of the ark of God. Because of the presence of God. David, God blessed the house that Obed-Edom hosted the host of God. He hosted God. God blessed him. He hosted God, and God blessed him. He hosted the presence of God, and God blessed him. Hear me, men. He hosted the presence of God, and God blessed him. David was afraid to bring the ark up 
But a man named Obed-Edom was glad to have it in his house. He knew that a man who had a clean heart and a pure life had nothing to fear from God. When David closed the door to God, Obed-Edom opened the door. When David hears about his experience, a change, a change in attitude, he returns to the house of Obed-Edom and with a desire to carry the God, to carry out God's will, God's way. Something happened in David's heart. Let me tell you a little bit about Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom's name means servant, servant of Odom. We have men that serve God. We have men, right? Mm -hmm. Check this out now. He was a bodyguard or a doorkeeper. Come here, Brother Phil. Yeah. Brother Phil, you can stick where you are. I'm just calling you by name. He's our doorkeeper. Amen? He's a doorkeeper. He's a doorkeeper. Brother Matt is a doorkeeper. But in a Levite profession before the army, God sent the doorkeepers and the praisers and worshipers before the army while the ark was behind them the ark had their back. And so our men are already working in the vineyard. As Levite police, they doorkeepers. Come here, Alan and CJ. You can stay where you are. Uh, they were gatekeepers. Gatekeepers were men that had keys to the tabernacle. Keys to the house of God. Keys, keys, keys. Opening and closing, changing the air, cleaning the floor. They were Levites, ready to serve God. So don't tell me that my men can't do it. They just got to be led by the right man. I'm so excited. I seen my brothers do something they ain't done. I said, Lord Jesus, Robert, keep praying. Okay. Obed Edom also, in First Chronicles chapter 15, verse 18 through 24, Obed Edom played the heart. <laughs> they ain't coming for you, Sultan. He coming for you because he know there's something on the inside. Coming for you, Rico. Because there's something on the inside. Coming for you, Brother CJ. We have men ready to serve. God is calling us. We don't just go before the ark. But we are the presence and power in our families because we set the atmosphere. I don't know what my brother's gift is. I don't know what Chucky's gift is, but he coming. I heard the man in the gray suit sing a little bit. He coming. As I close, I want you to hear something. First Chronicles, First Chronicles, chapter 26, verse 8. It said, And all these descendants of Obed-Edom and their sons and their relatives 
were capable men. You hear me? You hear me? Were capable men with strength to do the work. Descendants of Obed-Edom, 62, 62 of his babies, his grandchildren, his great-grands, 62 in his lineage. What are we leaving for our families? Men of God, stand up. Do what God called you to do. Set the atmosphere in your home. And watch God do like the domino effect. Catch all in your family. I'm high now. Jesus. When we go after God with a heart and the desire to know him, and we seek his face according to his revealed word, we are going to receive that which we are after. 